Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles just for a minute this morning to Matthew, the 28th, uh, 28th chapter. And uh, we're going to share one scripture there, and we're going to, um, we're doing something today for maybe as our guests. First of all, I want to, first of all, I want to personally welcome all of you. We're extremely honored to have you come and be part of our service. And uh, now, as of this June, just two months away, we will be celebrating uh, 38 years of pastoring Faith Family Church. 38 years. That's a long time. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I'm so grateful that as I look around here, I see many of you that have been with us a long time. And we're grateful. We're humbled. So grateful to have you stand by our side because <clears throat> we're building the kingdom of God. Can I have an amen? Advancing his, advancing his spiritual hope for the world that needs Jesus. And so we're grateful to have you as our guests here. And, and I want to tell you that I'm not ashamed <clears throat> of the gospel of Christ, the apostle Paul said. The gospel of Christ is the power of God under salvation to whoever believes. And we do believe that, that a man must or a woman must or a child must surrender their lives to Christ and, um, and, uh, so that you can spend eternity with the Lord. In Matthew 20 uh, chapter, there's a scripture. It was one of the last things that Jesus said before he ascended to the Father in heaven. One of the last things. He said a few things, but this is one of the last ones. <clears throat> and the reason we're sharing this is because <clears throat> this morning we're having a water baptismal service. In fact, the tank is right here, and uh, we haven't lost anybody in 38 years, so <clears throat> we're grateful for that. And, um, and we're going to be baptizing 16 uh, believers in water baptism. Amen. Now, <clears throat> prior to his ascension, here's what Jesus said. He said, all power is given unto me. How would you agree with me? How many agree with me that if all power is given to Jesus, there's no power left for anyone else? Amen. And I, I believe I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about in his in his realm in the spirit realm the devil is defeated. Now we can definitely see his works in the earth, but he is a defeated foe. And the good news, he's under your feet. Can I have an amen? But anyway, he said, "All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach." That word means disciple uh, or instruct all nations, baptizing them them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now I taught on water baptism here a couple weeks ago. You can go online and listen to it. It'll help you. Uh, to inspire you, because maybe you're here today and say, well, I've never heard of such a thing, because I hadn't, <clears throat> as far as like uh, dunking in a tank. We were sprinkled as little babies, and we were taught that that is, uh, uh, it, it, that is the biblical thing to do. But um, I just want to be transparent with you that there's not one scripture in the Bible that says anything about baby baptism, because baptism has to do with a burial. Baptism has to do with believing. <clears throat> it has to do with believing. And little babies don't have to believe uh, uh, they're, they're ready for heaven. Can I have an amen? And, um, and so, uh, anyway, there, I, I'm going to do this really quick. I'll just write these down if you want. There are seven baptisms in the Bible. And I want to give them to you just as a means of information and inspiration for you. Number one, there's a baptism of the children of Israel. Uh, the Bible says when they went through the Red Sea, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, that they were baptized or separated unto God. They were t when, they saw the, when they saw the Red Sea close up, that means their old life was behind them, and they were headed for a brand new life, walking with God. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. Then there's the baptism of repentance, where John, it's, uh, actually it's John the Baptist. Um, it, it, he's called John. He wasn't a Baptist, but he was a baptizer. 
and uh, John baptized, and he preached the message of repentance, uh, called uh, the baptism of repentance. He says, prepare you the way. In Mark 1, he said, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, okay? And uh, Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, so he was, he was telling them the, the, the greater one has come, uh, and so prepare a place for him. See, for you to be a Christian, you have to prepare a place for God. That's on the inside of you. When you become born again, you actually, God comes to live on the inside of you. Can you give a good shout of praise for that? Amen. You're not alone. He's with you. Uh, number three, the baptism of Christ. John baptized Jesus in the River Jordan in Mark, the first chapter. Then there's the baptism of suffering, or we call it the cup of suffering. It was a baptism only Jesus himself could bear. Um, he, he's the only one that could drink the cup of suffering. In other words, he's the only one that could take the sins of mankind upon himself, bear them, and conquer them for you and I. Then there's the baptism of regeneration, which Jesus defines as being born again. We'll talk about that in a moment. Then there's water baptism. Of course, that's the doctrine that actually began in the birthing of the church age. What does that mean? Well, there's a, there, the church age is 2,000 years. That's called the dispensation of the church age. And we, that started when Jesus rose from the dead and breathed on his disciples. And when he breathed on them, they were born again, okay? And so um, uh, that is when the uh, water, the instructions of Jesus to, for us believers to be water baptized. Then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is simply um, the empowerment of God so that you can fulfill his will in the earth. I just want you to know, if you haven't understood this yet, if you decide to follow the Lord, there's going to be warfare against your life. There was such warfare against the disciples' life that out of, the, out of the 11, remember Judas committed suicide, but out of the 11 that stayed and remained faithful to him, 10 were martyred. And so to follow the Lord in his day would cost you your life. And yet they were willing to pay that. Aren't you glad for that? We have the New Testament because someone was willing to pay the price to um, document the things that Jesus taught. And so the, only the last three baptisms have to do with the church dispensation. That's, uh, that's the baptism of regeneration or being born again uh, and the baptism of water and of the Holy Ghost. So this morning, I'll just, again, to redefine what baptism means. Um, so you can, you can understand it. So you can, you, can, you can be taught right. You can be taught Bible truth, not men's denomination, but Bible truth. The word baptism in the Greek is the word baptizo. It means to fully submerge, to wholly cover, to bury. Water represents death unto, water baptism represents death unto life. It means you are willing to leave your old, decrepit, sinful, sin-filled life behind, listen, and accept a new identity in Christ. How many here really want people to look at you and say, I see Christ in you? How many want that in your life? Oh, I see Christ here. Oh, I see the nature of God in you. Amen. I see, I see the proof that God exists in your life. That's all of us want that, okay? Water baptism, you can write this down. This is good. Water baptism is an outward act of obedience stemming from an inward work of God's saving grace. Just write that down. Water baptism is an outward act of obedience stemming from an inward work of God's saving grace. How many here this morning you have Christ inside of your life? Amen. And you know that because the Spirit of God will bear witness in your heart that you're a child of God. That's how you know it. All right? Um, water baptism exemplifies leaving your old life of sin, listen, while entering into a new life of righteousness and holiness. And we're going to talk about this next week. We're going to talk about sanctification. 
that God wants you to live a life that is separate or separated for him, set apart for him, for his glory and honor. Uh, and that's what I want for my life. Don't you want that for yours? Your life set apart for God, for him to use, to let people know how much he loves them. I don't know about you, but I was a pretty good sinner. And because I was such a good sinner, I understand the value of God's amazing grace. I understand the value of God's love and mercy. I understand the value of God's unconditional love. Come on, everyone. Are you awake this morning? Don't you want? I mean, I, under, I believe you understand it too. And I'm grateful for it. Now, the first converts to Christianity were Jews. Acts, the second chapter. You can read about it. And for them, water baptism was, and it still is, of course, the sign of forsaking one form of belief to embrace another form of belief. Specifically, faith in the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. That's what we're going to be celebrating in the next couple of weeks. Through water baptism, listen, these new Jewish converts were testifying openly that they were leaving 3,000 years of Judaism. 3,000 years of Judaism to follow another form of belief, which was their faith in Christ. Think about that. And it would be like a Muslim leaving uh, Allah to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That man or that woman or that child knows if they do that, it could cost them their very life. But they're willing to do that. And there are many Muslims today getting converted to Christianity because Jesus answers prayer. Can I have an amen? Amen. I said amen. And we have a job to do. I said there, shared this a week ago or two weeks ago. There was a lady, a Muslim lady on a video, and she was, she was establishing her convictions that as Muslims, they were called to transform this nation into Islam. And the only ones that can make the difference is Christians. Not holding up picket signs, not hating them, but loving them unto salvation. Can I have an amen? I'm telling you, man. The church doesn't wake up. She's going to be bound up. So we have to be, realize the days we're living in. So they followed Christ. And it literally would cost them their family name, their inheritances, uh, business transactions, because Jews always did uh, uh, business with Jews. It cost them everything to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were willing to pay that price because of that transforming power. Can I have an amen? And for you, maybe leaving your de uh, denominational structure that you were taught when you were young. We had to do that. I didn't want to. I didn't want to leave. Now, just let me encourage you. As a, if you're born again today and you are, you've been in a denominational type structure, there's nothing... There's nothing wrong with, with um, uh, there's nothing, I mean, oh, how can I say this gently? If you're going to grow in God, you're going to have to forsake some things. If you're going to proceed and, and, and grow in Christ, you're going to have to be in settings that teaches you how to grow in Christ. Can I have an amen? And some churches just don't teach that. Doesn't mean they're ugly. Doesn't mean they're mean. It simply means they, they have been taught a certain structure of denominational truth and they're going to stay within that box and if they stay there not willing to open up to what the bible says then they'll they'll remain in their ignorance i mean whatever that may be on there but you need sometimes to we had to leave our denomination so we could grow in grace and truth that's all i'm trying to tell you and if you stay there listen to me maybe you think well we're going to stay there and change it well god couldn't change it neither will you be able to i just want you to know that 
And sometimes following the Lord, is, it's, it, there is some isolation. It's just part of the journey. But God will join you up with fellow believers so you can grow in God. Can I have an amen? Okay, Luke 9. We're just about done here. In Luke 9, verse 22, Jesus said this. He, addressing his disciples. The son of man must suffer many things and be deliberately disapproved, repudiated, and rejected on the part of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be put to death. Did you catch that? The very ones that were supposed to recognize them. The very ones that studied for 3,000 years. They've been studying about the prophets that the Messiah was coming. And there he was right in front of them. But their own pride blinded them from the Messiah. The Bible says the, uh, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be put to death. But watch this. And on the third day, be raised again. Now, where did Jesus get that? He got that from the scriptures. The prophets said that he would die and be raised again. And guess what? Jesus was 100% man, just like you and I, though he was 100% God on the inside. So you know what? He had to take that by faith. He had to trust God that God was going to fulfill his will and, and raise him up. Same with us. For, for us who haven't died, we have to take that by faith. That when we lay down, we take our last earth breath, we'll breathe in eternal, our eternal breath and live on and on and on and on and on and on with the Lord. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. I can't wait. Well, I don't want to go today, but I can't wait. <laughs> he goes on and says this. If any man or if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests, refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and if need be in dying also. Jesus knew how to get rid of a crowd. There were, mass, there were masses following him that day. Thousands, probably 30,000, 40,000 people were following him that day. By the time he ended his message, all that was left was his disciples. And they were even scratching their head. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we make, even as ministers, we make following the Lord quite easy. But it isn't. It takes a lot of endurance. Even Paul told Timothy, you're going to have to endure hardness as a good soldier. Let's go on. For whoever would preserve his life and save it will lose it and destroy it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he will preserve it and save it from the penalty of eternal death. Surrendering life to Jesus costs you nothing. He paid the price. But following him will cost you your life. Everything. But let me tell you something. It's worth it. The day that how God so divinely connected my precious wife and I together, she was raised in a church similar to ours, and I didn't understand any of it. And, um, but when I did open my heart to receive Christ in my life, there was a supernatural change on the inside of me. I knew that Jesus came in. Now, he didn't come in because he, I deserved it. He didn't come in because I had planned for it. I didn't plan anything. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And I just came to visit, actually, to... In fact, there's one wife, don't ever come, don't ever, ever take me back to a church like that again. They're all nuts. They're all, they're all full of devils. Of course, I was the only one full of the devil. <laughs> See, I didn't understand eternal things, but I began to once I had shown my life to Christ. But I'm so glad after, when I did that, that was 30, that was 40, um, cheapers. that was uh, 48 years ago this May. And uh, uh, yeah, next month, 48 years ago ne uh, next month that I accepted Christ in my heart. Amen. So. <laughs> That's a good, good number. And I want to encourage every one of you to know that. And I want you to know this and be encouraged. 
that we look back now after all these years, 48 years, eight more years than the children of Israel in the wilderness. We've lasted eight more years than the children of Israel in the wilderness. And I just want to encourage everyone, let you know this, that God is faithful. He will always provide for you. He'll always take care of you. Amen. Because he loves you and you're his child. Amen. So what is this thing called the baptism of regeneration? Jesus said in John, the third chapter, you must be born again. You must be. You must be born again. And I want to read this uh, verse out of the Message Bible. But before I do, I, I do, I wanted to first help you understand something. Adam won in the Garden of Eden, Adam. God gave him spiritual boundaries. When he stepped across those spiritual boundaries and disobeyed God's word, something happened on the inside. He died. He, he was spiritually separated from God. So Jesus, who's called the last Adam, we call him Adam number two, or the last Adam, he's called that in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And the last Adam came 2,000 years ago, born of a virgin, why? To carry his father's blood. And uh, he reversed what the first Adam broke. He reconnected us to God through his death and resurrection. So that whoever, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved or will be delivered. In two weeks, we're going to call, uh, we're preaching this message called Rescued by Love because it surely it was love that rescued us. But as a, as a person here today, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, then today is the day. Not tomorrow. Today is the day. Praise the Lord. Because the Lord came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But I wanted to read this and then we're going to pray. John, the third chapter, verse one. There was a man of the Pharisee sect. The Pharisee sect, I mean, he was a religious Jew. He'd studied the law since he was, what, Vicky, 13 or 12 years old, whatever, the, the bar mitzvah. And, and he studied, he'd studied the law his whole life, studying, looking for, seeking for the Messiah. This is Nicodemus. He was a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one can do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't, uh, God weren't in on it. And Jesus said, well, you're absolutely right. Jesus said, take it from me, unless a person is born from above. It's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grow up? Can you re-enter your mother's womb and be born again? He didn't quite understand what he was talking about. What are you saying with this born from above talk? And Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hover, uh, hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the, the invisible moving the visible. So what Jesus is saying here, he's referring back to Genesis 1. When darkness covered the earth. See, listen, if you, do, if, you, if you haven't opened your life to Christ, darkness is covering your life. Darkness. Uh, uh, what do you mean? You, you want so much... You want so much to have direction. You want so much to, to see where you're going. You're so much to want to know how, how, how am I supposed to love? How am I supposed to act? How am I supposed to treat people? And you're blinded to that because you haven't opened your life yet to the light of the world, which is Jesus. Let me go back. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, watch this, the wind <laughs> hovering over the water. There was darkness over the creation. And all God was waiting, all, uh, all the Holy Spirit was waiting for is for God to say, let there be light. And the light 
destroy the darkness. How can anyone be born again? Jesus said, oh, I'm sorry. You are not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation. That's Genesis 1-2. The invisible moving the visible. Did you catch that? The invisible moving the visible. A baptism into a new life that's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Now, here's the example. When you look at a baby, it's just a baby. A body you can look at and touch, but the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch. It's the Holy Spirit, and that person becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You well know enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God and the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.